Hey, I'm Max. And I'm Cade. Hey, Cade, didn't some kids make fun of you the other day at the playground because of your wardrobe? Yeah, I was wearing some pretty disappointing clothing, so uh, in order to step up my style and compete with the kids, I went online to onceuponatea.net. For those of you who don't know, Once Upon a Tea offers you the chance to support artists and their designs on things such as men's and women's apparel, posters, blankets, tote bags, coasters for beer drinkers like myself, and a whole lot more. Every week they offer brand new designs inspired by movies, TV shows, video games, and more. They're giving us the chance to save you 10% while shopping at onceuponatea.net by entering promo code RAGCHU at checkout. That's promo code RAGCHU for 10% off. Support independent artists and, of course, the podcast by shopping at onceuponatea.net. Now, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Rag Chew, and if you're as curious as a kitty cat as I am, you can follow us over on social media at Rag Chew Podcast. I'm Max. And a lot of people cry when they cut onions. The trick is to not form an emotional bond. And I'm Cade, and uh, with A and S being beside each other on the middle row of the standard QWERTY keyboard, and K and L over on the other side of the same row, Alaska is the only state name that you can type out using a single row on a keyboard. Everybody just looked at their keyboards. You're welcome. (laughs) I kid you not. I'm sitting there looking at my keyboard the entire time, and I was like, oh, wow, that... Huh. Okay. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> the more you know, the more you know. I remember when my mom got her first um, keyboard, or I think I got my first phone with like those flip out keyboards or whatever, and it had the QWERTY keyboard. Yeah, yeah. And I remember telling my mom, oh, it's a, it's got a QWERTY keyboard. And I said it like four times, and she was like, what is a QWERTY keyboard? And I was like, look at the first couple of letters on the top row, and it says QWERTY. And she was like, Oh, but she was so confused for the longest time. Like I'm saying QWERTY. <laughs> what are you talking about, Maxwell? <laughs> she was like, I could tell getting frustrated, but I remember, I remember my first like cool phone that I got. I don't remember what kind it was. It was kind of like a sidekick. It was kind of like a, what was it? Is that a, is, was it a T-Mobile sidekick? I don't remember. Yeah. T-Mobile had the sidekick. Um, AT&T had the blackjack. Yes. The I had the blackjack. Okay. That's what it was. And that was bad. It was so cool. It, like, flipped out or whatever, and you could type on it and that kind of stuff. And then you could even type on the front, too. Uh, Still, like, go back to the old T9 texting days. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember, actually, distinctly, when I was first able to finally text. Because, you know, back in the day, you got charged, like, 99 cents for every text message that you sent. Yep. And um, my brother, at one point, was texting nonstop. My mom got so mad because she got a ton of extra charges on her bill she got so mad at him but i remember when my mom finally switched to like an unlimited talk and text plan and this was i'm gonna say like 2008 i think was when we finally switched to it 2008 2009 i'm gonna no i'm gonna say 2008 and uh i remember when we got it and it was like oh my gosh i remember texting all of my friends and all i had was t9 texting but i got so freaking good at it that I could like not look at my phone and text and do the T9. And for anyone who doesn't know, T9 texting is like the old, um, uh, I guess your basic, like if you look at like a landline phone and it has the numbers, uh, basically it's laid out like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. And it has the numbers or excuse me, the letters associated underneath it. You basically had to press 
the button as many times, like let's say if I wanted to type in C, I would have to press the number one three times to get to the letter C. And that's how you had to type. So you had to constantly like press down all of them. And I even took off the predictive texting or whatever because it would constantly get my words wrong on T9. So I would have to type out everything and press the buttons multiple times. But I got yeah. really freaking good at it, man. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be one of those people who says this, but kids these days l will literally never understand no. uh, what it was like uh, to sit there and have to bang it out on the old T9 there, man. And, and like you said, you get enough practice with it, and uh, you get really good at it. Like my my first phone I ever had was a, you know, I, my grandma bu uh, had bought me one of those prepaid track phones at uh, at one point whenever I had gone to visit for the summer and I was going back home and she just wanted me to be able to reach out to her in case I needed anything. And it was, uh, you know, the toughest of the tough, the old Nokia track phone. Ooh. And, um, and you know, I, I you can't, you got like certain uh, credits, I guess you could say, on track phone if anybody didn't have one of those prepaid cell phones. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like a third, no. It was like a it was like a quarter of a minute, I guess, for every text that you sent. Uh, and uh, so I got I practiced on that, but not much. And then when uh, they finally just went ahead and put me on their cell phone plan, when they switched to uh, AT and T, my grandparents did. And I got the um, I can see it in my head. I don't remember what brand it was, but it was one of those sliders that slides up and reveals the keyboard underneath it. Oh, under was it like a T was it a T nine? But it slide up. It yeah, it was up? a T. Okay. It was a T nine. Yeah, it just slid up and. Uh, I got so much. I mean, we they just went ahead and got the unlimited text. Well, no, it wasn't unlimited. I had a limit of two hundred texts per month. I okay, that's what it was. Um, and uh, but I got really good at it because for those who don't remember, uh, back in the day when uh, unlimited nights and weekends was a thing. I was just about to throw that out. Uh, yes. Yep, unlimited nights and weekends. It included text uh, during the time that I had this. So uh, when the weekends came around or after, I want to say it was like nine o'clock at night or some crap. You could uh, you could just go ham, and uh, so uh, back when I was a night owl that stayed up past eight o'clock, uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah I used to get a lot of texting in with the friends, and it was it was actually really weird for me the first time I got a phone with a full keyboard, um, which was ironically enough the first iPhone uh, I had a full keyboard and I just wasn't used to it. I just thought it was really weird, and it took some time to get used to because I'd gotten so good at the T9 texting, and now if you give me you know something and say type it with T9, I don't know if I could. Like I used to be able to not even look at the keys and know which letter was which and where it was. Yeah, I think I could. I I think I could do it. It would take me. It's like riding a bike, right? I think I could get back into the swing of typing it all over again. But I think it would still take me a little bit to kind of get back into it. But I'm with you. I used to be able to bang it out. But that when you said unlimited nights and weekends, so I was thinking of that right before it because I remember my mom yelling at me to use the landline, the house phone that we had to talk on that because I was running down our minutes <laughs> talking on the phone with people. And I would just call like a friend after I get home from school. Cause it's not like we weren't talking already at school. And I was this, I got my first phone in middle school. So we had like, now is your first time where you have like, um, classes or you have periods, you know, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Yep, yep, yep. And, um, it's not like I didn't talk to this person all day, but of course I get home and I talk to someone on the phone for like three hours, four hours. 
And my mom would be like, no, you can't. You can do it after 9 o'clock, but you need to use the house phone if not. And I felt like such a loser using the house phone. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I felt like a loser, but I felt like a loser because it was, you know, so uncool to not to. I feel like um, it's because, like, if you know that your family's got another one, that they can easily just pick it up and listen to what you're doing. Well, and It's really strange. Yeah, I think we had one other phone, like landline phone. But I don't think we ever really... I think at one point it was plugged in and then it wasn't. Um, yeah. And I, I remember it. I remember setting up the ringtones on it and that kind of stuff. My mom would get so mad at me because I would just get bored and I'd play with it. And I'd set up new ringtones and my mom would be like, I hate, no, stop. And she'd get mad at me. <laughs> Good that times. And I, I remember my, um, my brother got, like, my mom chewed out my brother and made him pay her back when he bought, like, an absolute ton of ringtones and stuff. And that was also, if you went onto the internet, you got charged a ton. Oh, it was gnarly. Yeah. It was like, I, I don't know. I'm going to say like maybe, I'm going to say $3 per minute or something that you were on it. If you were on the internet downloading stuff, you like racked up the bill. My brother downloaded a ton of ringtones and stuff. <laughs> and she got so mad at him. Got so mad at him for downloading all these freaking ringtones. Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, yeah. it it happens. It yeah, happens. and then I remember, I remember my dad trying to convince um, us to change to uh, Verizon so that we could talk to him for free uh, because if you talked on the same network, it was like free. You know, they didn't it didn't use minutes was what it was. Right, didn't use minutes. Good incentive uh, you to make people want to be network. on your network. You know. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. It made sense, but. I remember my dad was like, you guys should get Verizon because then um, then we can talk on the phone and it doesn't rack up the minutes. You know, we don't use minutes and that kind of stuff. But I remember that, man. It's, it seems like so long ago, but yet so close, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it While it, it has uh, become a distant memory, it's still like really fresh. Like I remember when I first moved to Orlando in 2010 and um, – I was really bad at directions, and I still am really bad at directions, but this was, like, before GPS on your phone was free. Um, so this was 10 years ago. Um, I forgot. I had bought – my grandma had bought me a Garmin, you know, to keep in my car, and I, I think I ended up – I was in my dad's truck. Uh, for some reason, I don't remember, I didn't have my GPS, and I didn't know where the hell I was. So I like I had to pay like a one time like six dollar fee to use the GPS just for a second to figure out where the hell I was going. Gosh, and, six dollars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, just to use the GPS. So uh, that you know, it's uh, we've come an awful long way since then. And I immediately afterwards, I called my grandma. I was like, "I'm so sorry. I know you bought me this GPS, and I had to charge to the plan because I couldn't figure out where I was going." And she was just the sweetest woman in the entire world. She's like, I'm just glad you're safe as long as you're Oh, right that's so sweet. <laughs> I know, I know. And I just felt so bad because like when they're nice like that, it just makes me feel worse that like I had to I had to do it because I didn't know where the hell I was because I'm not directionally inclined at all. <laughs> but, uh, Dile- directionally challenged? Yeah, oh, definitely, it? definitely. Uh, uh, my wife will bring this up. To anybody who asks that uh, when we lived at our, our house prior to this one near downtown Orlando, this was when I had like first moved in with her and I still was uh, getting my bearings going a little bit, but I had like tunnel vision like mad on this particular day 
And actually, it happened twice, so I guess on more than one day. I literally got to the light where you can see the house, and I turned the wrong way twice. What? (laughs) (laughs) Just not paying attention, I guess. Just twice. How do you do that? (laughs) I would like to ask myself the, the same question, but for anybody who's trying to challenge me on like how bad my directions are i'm like listen i'll tell you the story it's it's happened it it's it has absolutely happened i do it at work sometimes in the golf cart i've been in to a certain place a thousand times and i still occasionally will like oh crap i didn't mean to go that way (laughs) (laughs) i I, you know i'm not bad with directions i'll say sometimes you just your mind like you said just kind of wanders and you kind of forget and you go oh crap i need to turn here or something along those lines but I'm typically, once I drive it like two or three times, at that point, I've kind of committed it to memory. It becomes like muscle memory almost to driving somewhere. But if if you stick me out in a field and ask me which way is north, I could never, ever, ever do that ever on, in my life. On a life. sunny day, I could tell you. On a sunny day, I could tell you. On a sunny day in the morning or the late afternoon, not midday, I couldn't tell you. But like I can use the sun because I I at least know the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. So... I can, if I look and see the sun coming up, I can say that's east, and then I can kind of figure it out. Well, you just taught, like, don't get me wrong. I knew the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. But you know when you just are, are like, yep, I didn't think about that using that way to figure out which way is north. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all until you it, said dude, that. Dude, it's revolutionary. <laughs> It'll change your life because it, it, it has helped me actually in quite a few situations where um, somebody's been like, oh, look to the east, you know, the the – the rocket's launching. I'll just give you an example because we live in Florida and we can see that. And you lived on the Space Coast for a while, as we've brought up several times. Ow, ow. But uh, I'll just tell you, it's like, yeah, look to the east, the rocket's launching. So I walk outside, and uh, if it's not cloudy and I can see the sun, I'm like, okay, I know which way is east. But if it's if it's cloudy, if I can't see the sun, I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea where I'm looking right now. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? I at one point have gotten a couple times, even during this quarantine thing, I have gotten really good at being able to tell what time it is by the where the sun is located. I've gotten good at that, where I can wake up and be like, mm, based on the sun coming through my window right now, it looks like it's about 10 o'clock. And I'll look at the time and be like, yep, it's 10 o'clock, you know? And I'm I, that I get proud of. I get really proud of that. It makes me feel good because I feel like I'm, you know, yeah, for good reason, using for my good sundial reason. skills. Sundial skills. <laughs> Can you imagine that that's the way that people used to tell time? And I mean, how creative. That's extremely creative to me that they were smart enough to say, okay, if we place this piece of stone here and based off the shadow cast from the sun, we can tell what time it is. Yeah, it's crazy to me, man. Well, it's it's even kind of crazy to me the, the different things that they could think of. One, creating fire. Don't get me wrong. I think some of that came from lightning struck something and you know ooh, what's that and then it, it kind of sparked from there but even for someone to be able to be like okay if i strike these two rocks together there's a spark and if i put something really really small underneath it some you know grass or something i can light it on fire you know yeah. it's just yeah i mean it's like exactly what you said the marvels you know it just surprises me i find myself uh every now and again like pontificating those, wow, that was a good those, word, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> like I, situations like that, though, like of early human existence, where it was like, um, you know, what it, what happened? Like when the first guy, you know, walked into water, is everybody else like, oh damn, he did it? You know, like or or uh, 
you know, fire like was when fire was created or like when they learned how to build solid structures and stuff like that. It's just it's fun to think about like what was the reaction at the time like from everyone else like wow, this is amazing. It's probably like the same kind of reaction we get uh these days, you know, when we are like, oh, that's cool they invented something like that or you know, this um they found a way to make this computer go this much faster or this stuff like that. I mean, like at the time for a lot of people Especially when computers kind of first, I mean, like all the way back to the Stone Age, there's a lot of other things that happened around 10,000 BC and forward. But, uh, you know, I in recent memory, I guess you could say, like when computers started to become prevalent, and this is a thing that's brought up a lot, is that people talk about how much processing power we have in our pockets these days was more, so much more than what they used to send people to the moon, you know? Yeah. Well, something that always blows my mind, and I don't know, I always compare it to this sense, is I think about someone who, you know, is alive today and was born in the, you know, 20s or 30s, you know, that kind of stuff. They literally saw cars become a thing. Yeah. I mean, how amazing is that? And they saw computers and uh, phones more so become a thing. I mean, and it's interesting to think in the grand scheme of everything, how quick you know, this technological renaissance has occurred, right? I mean, if you think about it, it was only, I mean, a hundred years ago that phones, I mean, uh, that we had cars coming out. You know, the 1920s that we had the um, Ford, what was it, T? uh, Ford Model T, the Ford Model T come out, the Ford Model A and stuff come out, that that they were right now, you know, a hundred years ago. And that blows my mind. And if you think about it in the grand scheme of everything, that's really freaking close. You know, that happened fairly recently. Yeah, the last hundred years have been a massive jump. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a massive technological renaissance when it comes to engineering and, 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 and exactly what you said, computing and cars and phones and i mean i could space you know that exactly that rocket propulsion uh, nuclear engineering anything else it's it blows my mind you know to see how far we've come from yet so many years ago and and if you think about it as well you know over 100 years ago you know barely over 100 years 120 years ago there were people still fighting with swords and now that does not exist at all yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to believe that, um, what is it, it's, so it's 2020, uh, you know, 18, the 1860s was the Civil War, right? Yeah. And they used muskets and and swords is what it was, and reloading yeah. that stuff was wild, and that was, um, what, 140 years ago, so think about, you know, the all the progress that we've made, I guess it's a little more than 140, but around that, you know, like the everything that's happened now we have these automated machine guns and all new ways to kill each other i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh but, whoa uh, that just took a dark turn <laughs> yeah yeah sorry about that <laughs> no but, it's uh, it's really it's true wild. though yeah no it is it, it blows my mind and and that's what i i've always said i would love to and it's sadly i i think i haven't really taken advantage of that opportunity by going into, you know, a retirement home or something along those lines and speaking to to people and asking them, what was it like to be able to see a car become a thing? You know, because these are the people and that's why I've always loved history is these stories get passed along. And I've always been a big one, a big proponent of, you know, our history 
is is our story. And with that, it, it tells who we are and where we've come from and, and why, you know, it, it just, it blows my mind. And I've, I've never taken that full opportunity to go and sit down, but I'd love to do that. Go and sit down and ask somebody, you know, what was it like to just see all of this technology pop up out of nowhere? And, and what was it like someone telling you, oh yeah, uh, so everyone's going to be driving flying cars and you now see that, that none of that exists, you know, right. but it's just, it's interesting. It just blows my mind, you know? It's still cool. Yeah, it's really cool, man, to think about. Uh, there, I mean, elderly folks these days, um, you know, and there's not too many left, but think about it. Like, if somebody was born in 1930, they're 90 years old at this point, uh, think about what all they've they've seen. They, they went through uh, World War II. Um, they went through uh, the Great Depression. They went through. Uh, they went through a lot of things. They saw a lot of things. They saw this country change uh, in a lot of different ways. Hopefully for the better. Um, and uh, it's uh, the stories are interesting. You know, it's fun. It used to be fun to uh, you know talk to my grandparents about things like that. Like, hey, would would you do that? Like, I mean, my grandpa. I mean, for fun, used to tell me all the times. Like, yeah, we just. <laughs> Go hang out in like the barn or the field or something, and throw ball, you know, like throw ball around or something. Like that was their their deal. Like they didn't have, um, you know, computers. They didn't have video games or anything like that. They had uh, outside and and you know some music if you were fortunate enough to have a stereo and uh, or a radio and and uh, that was it. So I consider myself very fortunate to. I uh, live in an era where I can uh, work on things I'm passionate about and uh, and and uh, I guess just even be involved in things I'm passionate about because it's just, you know, I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's just crazy to think about the change. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I remember talking to my grandfather about that, you know, and saying he was he was served in World War Two um, and he served in Italy. And uh, fun fact, he actually met uh, the Pope during that time. Uh, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So <laughs> fun story. He was uh, basically, he was in an, I don't really know the exact term for it, but he was in an artillery group, uh, militians. Uh, and um, he, why did I say militians? That's not a word at all. Yeah, Anyhow, it is, <laughs> it is now. Progress. <laughs> this is the technological revolution we're talking about here. Yep. Uh, but he rolled onto, uh, I guess he was in the middle of Italy, and he rolled onto the steps of this giant building, and they parked these vehicles and everything else up towards the staircase and everything else, and walked up this giant staircase of this building because they were looking for food and shelter for the night um, as they were trying to continue the occupation of Italy to, you know, kind of move in. And uh, he walked in, they knocked on this door, and this man answered the door, and they said, hi, we're American soldiers. We're looking for a place to quarter for the night. Um, and we're looking for food and that kind of stuff. That's that's really all. Would you mind if we stayed? And they said, yeah, that's fine. So they go in and he said there was this one person inside of his uh, troop. I, I don't know the exact word for it. Battalion. I don't know. Um, and sure he looked around and he started doing, I guess, the symbol of the cross on himself, the, as Catholics do. Um and uh, they kind of looked at him and they're like, what, what, what's going on? Uh, well, they had walked into the Vatican and uh, they were told, you know, go in and go upstairs. I think they said, go relax, go uh, bathe, that kind of stuff, and then come down later and have dinner. 
and um, they went up and did everything. Then they came back down. They had the dinner with the Pope um, at the time, and then the Pope blessed them and gave them all crosses and uh, then sent them on their way the next day. And that's just one of the coolest stories. I'm just like, wow, <laughs> you roll up to the <laughs> to the Vatican and just don't know. But the way he was saying is it was all war torn. You know, he didn't know. Oh, I bet. They didn't know where they were. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't know where they were. Everything's kind of destroyed. And I think the, uh, I don't know about the German, you know, army, if they felt they, it was improper to destroy, you know, the, uh, the Vatican, but they had not touched it. And they ended up going in there, but it just blew my mind. Just blew my mind, and that was one of my I, the coolest stories to think that my grandfather met a freaking pope and actually walked into the Vatican. You know, Dude. you can't do that nowadays. No, <laughs> no, they won't allow that. No. no, that's way cool, man. That's super cool. Yeah, he um, he designed later on inside of the I think it was the civil service. He designed the F fifteen fighter jet. Was part of that team did logistics and that kind of stuff with it. Uh, but he was, he was an amazing, amazing guy. And, um, he always had the biggest smile on his face. He had the coolest smile. And I always asked him why he had really big ears. Cause he had giant ears, but I don't <laughs> know if that just happens as you get older, you know, but I remember asking him when I was really young, I was like, grandpa, why do you have such big ears? And he just kind of laughed and rolled on. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. How What's cool, man? your favorite story that you have heard from your grandfather? Um, Probably, I, I, you know, I, I hate to be a copier, but um, it's probably from time in the service as well. He wasn't, uh, he was just a little, um, well, I guess he wasn't too young for World War II. He was born in 33. Well, yeah, I guess he was a little too young for World War II. He was born in 33, but he was in the Korean War. And um, he, uh, he was a teletype specialist, like a cryptographer. So basically what he did is, uh, you know, any messages that would come through, um, he would try to decipher what they were. And, um, one of the craziest stories he told me was like, you know, they used to legit like lock them in a room with, uh, with two guys with guns. Um, and, uh, you know, his job was to try, try to decipher these messages and whatnot. But like, if anybody ever came in, uh, and, uh, you know, tried to break through and take him captive, like he was instructed to kill himself or the guards were instructed to kill him. What? Yeah. Like, so that they didn't get any information like on, on, on the stuff that he knew. Uh, he did that for the air force and, uh, was stationed in, um, the Philippines at one point and then, uh, Thule Greenland at another point, which was really cool. That's crazy, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was just, you know, neat stories, uh anyways come out of that but he was a man he was a cool guy he really was then he worked for uh the federal government for uh 30 years after he got out of the um air force and uh did a lot of driving around the state of louisiana uh doing cool stuff over there and uh yeah it was something he was really proud of anyways and he always talked about it and so it was cool just to hear about the things that uh, that he did and and uh and whatnot and yeah man it was neat and and i miss him very much but uh i think uh you know i don't know yeah it was cool no i agree i agree i mean i'll say i miss my grandfather and at the time i i i wish i would have spent more time with him you know and that kind of stuff not to put on such a dark note here but oh, sure 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 you know it's you always wish that and but I'll say I learned I take a lot of the lessons that he taught me and a lot of the things he told me to heart. And I think uh, anybody can say, um, you know, death 
unfortunately is inevitable, but it's what you do to live on someone's legacy, you know? Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. But wholeheartedly agree with you, brother. To get on a, uh, a lighter note here, Cade, um, I have an interesting article um, based upon, and this actually go, kind of goes back a little bit. Uh, we're, we're talking, you know, I feel like we're doing a little nostalgic yes. episode here. Yes, yes. Nostalgic yes. field episode. Go on. Filled episode. And it's actually interesting. Did you, have you ever heard of the American Airlines? Uh, I guess it was called the Unlimited Air Pass. And I say uh, Air Pass because it has two A's. Uh, no, no, I had not. So interesting little tidbit. It was uh, basically tickets that were sold. This was during the 1980s um, that were sold. That was basically an unlimited flight. You could fly for the rest of your life um, for free after only paying. Um, it was $250,000. And uh, at this time, it's about $560,000 um, equating for inflation and everything else. But basically, you could fly as much as you want to. And apparently, uh, Mark Cuban, um, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, was an early air passer um, <laughs> and says that he did it. What? I said, I appreciate your pronunciation. Well, it's so. the correct way to pronunciate it. How well, else would I do it? Uh, duh. Pronunciate it? That, yeah, that's a word. Man, I'm having a tough time today. Um, but yeah, really You're interesting. You're getting it done, man. You're getting it done. Thank you. Thank you. As long, as long as you get the job done, right? As long as you get the job done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he had the, basically, and you could buy a companion pass to go along with it for only $150,000 that you could bring someone along. And basically, I guess American Airlines had done it because they were hit hard by a deregulation act in 1978 yep, yep. for airlines and had lost like, apparently it says about $76 million in losses in 1980. Wow. So it sounded like they just needed a quick cash injection. So that's why they did this. Uh, basically, you could fly wherever you wanted to, uh, and all you had to do was just call a certain phone number, and you got matched up with a concierge of American Airlines for the Air Pass, and um, you could go anywhere. So there's stories of people who said that basically what they do is he would fly to Tokyo one day in in the morning, and then the afternoon would fly back home. You know, and you could just wow. you could do stuff like that, which yeah. is just amazing. Um, apparently one guy in 1987, uh, Steve Rothstein is his name, bought an air pass, giving him an unlimited first class travel for on American airlines for life. And over the next 25 years, Rothstein took more than 10,000 total flights, including 1000 flights in New York, 500 flights to San Francisco, 500 flights to Los Angeles, 500 flights to London, 120 flights to Tokyo, 80 flights to Paris, 80 flights to Sydney and 50 flights to Hong Kong. Wow. Now, holy crap, that's a ton, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, I guess basically um, American Airlines uh, started to see that back in, once we got into about 2007-ish, was losing a lot of money due to these people. Obviously, because at that point, I mean, if I bought something like that, I would use it and make sure I get my $250,000 worth. Yeah, you know? of course. I would do it for... Uh, so I would fly almost every day, but um, he, they realized that they were losing money, and after counting on it, apparently one guy, so Steve Rothstein, had actually made 3,000 reservations in the span of four years and canceled 2.5,000 really? of them. Good um, grief. 
because he whether it changed his mind or something happened. Right, right. And in 2011, uh, American had filed Ch- Channel 11 bankruptcy. So basically, at this point, they realized they were losing money, and what they did is started filing suits against everyone who had a remaining air pass and uh, saying that they had fraudulently used it and that kind of stuff. Um, but it basically, they ended up winning the case after someone, they, they fought back and forth for a long time um, and everything else says an American Airlines won the case and so they never were able to keep their, uh, I guess, air pass. And uh, Mark Cuban, I guess his, uh, a third customer also had his, the other 25, so Mark Cuban's is still valid because he never, in their mind, abused it. But there's a couple people who still uh, have it available. They went to sell it again, I saw recently on Forbes list. This was a couple years ago. I think it was for their anniversary or something. Um, is they brought it back up and it was, I think, let me see if I can find it. And it was for some ridiculous amount of money. Uh, let's see. Nope, I can't find it. I can't find it. But they, Forbes, I know, posted it to where they posted it inside of Forbes magazine for an anniversary. And it was like $600,000 or it was like a million. Oh, there it is. Neiman Marcus Christmas catalog in 2004 for $3 million for the pass and $2 million for the companion pass. So and none were sold, apparently. Wow. Yeah. But interesting little thing. I, I'm like, what? so, Cade, if you could fly anywhere in the world right now, where would you fly to? Uh, anywhere in the world right now, uh, let's just pretend there's no disease going on. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, anywhere in the world, I would probably go. I'm trying to think of somewhere I haven't been because um, I feel like the easy answer for me is London because I just enjoyed it so much and thought it was great. The people were great and uh, all that was just a lot of fun. But um, if I could go anywhere in the world right now. I'm going to get real specific on you. It is somewhere I've been before, but I think it would just be great and uh, be like the the pick-me-up I feel like anybody would need. But um, So I would fly to um, Shannon, Ireland, and I would drive two hours south to a little place called Dingle, Ireland on the Dingle Peninsula. And no, I'm not kidding. It's called Dingle. Excuse me? <laughs> and uh, there's a little bar on Main Street called Paul Gini's Bar. And uh, the guy, uh, we met the guy who owned it and one of the nicest people in the entire world. And I would go to that bar and have a drink. And I think that that would be, uh, you know, after being cooped up for so long, just a, a real, real nice thing. I get that. I get that. I think if I had to, I'd have to say London. I have never been. So I've, fun fact, That's I have awesome. never been outside of the country. Yo, you need to go. I have never been outside of the country, yeah, so my my dream is I really want to go to London just because uh, all of my family comes from uh, the UK. So I, in a way, my mind sees it as it's my uh, my motherland, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. It'd just be cool since I've done. I know I've talked in the past about genealogy. I think it'd be cool to go back where my family started and kind of see the culture where uh, my family all came from. You know. Yeah, I find man. That interesting. You, you got to check it out. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. it, it's awesome. I we spent six days in London uh, alone, just in London, and I still think that we didn't have enough time to do everything. That's what I've heard. I've heard if you do go, I've heard you want to fully immerse yourself in the culture and you want to stay for like two weeks. Yeah, it's true. But it sounds like something I'll have to plan out pretty soon. You know what I mean, my man? Yes, you will, sir. Yes, yes, you sir. Will. Well, I think we're getting close to uh, wrapping this thing up. Cade, do you have anything? 
you want to uh, add for us, good sir? Uh, let me add something for you here. Uh, just uh, enjoy the little things. That's just enjoy the simple, easy. Enjoy the little things. I, I agree. You know, that we all get caught up with all the big things in life. And a lot of times it's not the big things that matter. It's not the stuff that matters. It's the small things that do. But thanks for joining us here on uh, Rag Chew Podcast on a nostalgia-filled episode of Rag Chew. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out onceuponatea.net for some sweet teas, coasters, anything else you can think of. For 10% off, use promo code RAGCHEW. And follow us over on social media at RAGCHEW Podcast. And we will be talking to you later. Howard Dean, let's hear it. Take it away. Yeah!